Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 117 with my friend Lynn. You know, I used to know Lynn as Missy, and we talk a little bit about that because that was her name all through high school, but I found out, you know, that's not her given first name, so then she had to correct everybody in college, and she just gave up on that correcting and goes by Lynn now, but I guess her family, everybody still calls her Missy. So this is 117 with Lynn but also kind of with Missy. Uh, and, you know, I apologize for the audio. I was able to just sneak her away from her family one Sunday morning. And I think you might get to hear, <laughs> you might get to hear her daughter at one point. But either way, thank you guys so much for listening. Also, stay tuned after the episode for some announcements. And without further ado, here is my friend, sometimes Missy, but for today, we'll say Lynn. You and I have lots in common. Well, hi. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, Sunday. Yay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> time will tell. It's still early. Can we talk about the time zone thing? Because I'm. Does Indiana yes. not do daylight savings time? Is that what it is? No, we did. We just changed. Oh, okay. It changed the seventh, and we is fell. It, we fell back an hour. Isn't part of Indiana in Central? Some of it, some of it participates, some of it doesn't. Okay. Was I that guess, helpful? I guess so. Um, yeah. I don't know. When we came up for the reunion, we were an hour apart, but now we're not. Yeah. How does that work? It's just chaos. I don't understand that. I'm very confused. <clears throat> okay. Now it feels like it's ten o'clock at night at like five thirty. Like yeah. It's, such it takes life. a minute to get used to. But at least the kids can see, I guess, when they get on the bus in the morning. It's not pitch black anymore. What does that matter? <laughs> safety. Those safety things. God. Um, well, thank you for doing this. I'm trying to turn myself down a little bit. There we go. Uh, so I usually start these things out with how I know people. Okay. And I know you from high school. Yes. Which we just did our 21-year reunion together, so thanks again for that. Yep. I just finished my last bag of caramel corn, too. Did you? <laughs> I have more if you want some more. Did you send some to Scott? I did. That's so fun. <laughs> and I was laughing because I, I did it from work, and I wasn't paying attention, so it actually came from my boss's name, so he probably was like, who the hell is Ann Schneider? Nice. Like, and why is she sending me something? But... Hopefully when he opened it, he it's a present it for you, Scott. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's fun. Uh, and we we had a similar group of friends. High school is very blurry yeah. for me. Um, it's just like combined trauma. That's just like, let's not talk about that. Uh, so it's, <laughs> Blocked it out. There's yeah, fuzzy pockets in there. But then, yeah, then high school ended and I haven't seen you until we did our reunion. Uh a couple months ago and or a month ago god that was less than a month ago holy shit it was a month ago yeah wow less than a month it's taken that long to recover well it's just crazy my wife and i were just talking like what happened to the first half of november i, I don't know like it, it just went away real quick um yes but so lots to find out about because that's a that's a large chunk of time and unlike everyone else at the reunion, I feel like I had zero time to actually talk to anybody. So, <laughs> so uh, 
in some ways I was happy about that because I was like, oh, no, no awkward downtime. Um, mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, reflecting back, I wish I had some more uh, some more time. Um, so let's go back even further in time. And okay. you're, you're born. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, Is that how it happened? That's how it happened. <laughs> Are you? Uh, well, first of all, where, where did you grow up at? Indiana. Okay. And then I, I moved thought. to Clarkston halfway through our sophomore year. Gotcha. Okay. So you're born, you're in Indiana. Do you have any siblings? I have six. six? Well, there's six of us total. Whoa. Yes. Well, let's I'm right start in the middle. there. Holy crap. I'm Alice. <laughs> First of all, I struggle to see what middle is with six because I'm like, is it a third or a fourth? Well, there's three above, there's the three below. I'm right in the middle. Oh, so you're, there's seven total? Yes, total. Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. Jesus. Yeah, no, that's my. There's best. just so many, I can't do math. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess let, instead of get, I don't want all their ages because I feel like we'll talk for an hour just on ages. But what's yeah. how how much older is the oldest and how much younger is the youngest? You're making me do math on a Sunday morning. <laughs> only only <laughs> twice instead of. No, six my months. oldest sister is just shy of fifty, and then the youngest just turned thirty. Okay, so yeah, you're right in the middle. You're right in the middle. Yes. Wow. Yes. All right. So what is that like? I mean, earliest memories, you you already have, I imagine, a teenager as your oldest. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like the two older ones are from my, my dad's first marriage. So I mean, I only saw them periodically. Okay. But and then the very youngest is from my dad's third marriage. So I didn't see him a lot. Okay. But four of us grew up together. So my older brother... He and I were probably the closest. I need Jonathan. a visual aid. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, break, break it down for me. What do you I'm going to break it down. My dad had two from his first marriage, okay. two from his middle marriage to my mother, and then one from his marriage to my stepmom. And then your mom had so a... He has five total. Okay. Okay. So my mom remarried after my dad and had my two younger siblings. And that's who we grew up with. Man. So how, I guess, being from all the different relationships how often have all seven of you been at the same place pretty much never okay never got it um as the middle... be like jerry springer episode just <laughs> waiting to happen <laughs> um well then let's i guess let's start there with your parents then so how long are your parents together before they divorce they got divorced i think i was three months old oh early okay so, yeah um, in Indiana, you can get divorced and your wife is pregnant. So they had to wait till I came around. And <laughs> and there you go. Um, and there you go. <laughs> so what is childhood like then? Or I guess what's your mom doing for work or anything? Or is she staying at home? She's making cookies for a reunion. <laughs> not, not right now. When, <laughs> not right now. When um, she up. is... How do I put this? Betty Crocker, Crocker, Martha Stewart, you name it. Like she just did a giant Halloween thing for her neighborhood and 500 people she funded. And like her house was just Halloween. It was like a museum. Like it was crazy. So is your mom doing this when you're a kid too? Like she's always been doing all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. She worked for a newspaper for a long time, um, helping with advertising, kind of coordinating events, fundraising. She did all that kind of stuff. And then um, when we moved to Michigan, she ended up just staying home. 
running our lives. So when making does, sure we stay alive. When does your mom get remarried? How old are you when that happens? I, maybe just shy of two. Okay, so you just know that person as as the father figure. He's, yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, he's he's who I call dad. So okay. he's fabulous. Got I lucked it. out in that department. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so what I, I guess with the different sibling breakdowns and everything, what what does growing up look like in your house? Lots of sports. <laughs> so my parents were always just going one place to that with four of us, there was always some kind of practice or three practices at the same time and trying to juggle all that. And then like I said, they both worked until I was in high school and then it was just my mom or my dad working. But holidays are a huge thing for us. We are holiday nutty, huge family, just 50 people packed into a small house, but somehow my mother managed to make it work. I mean, we kind of were always together. And in the neighborhood, it's a lot different now than then, but I mean, there was a hundred kids for us to play with. So we were always outside. Like my mom's motto was, if you don't, if you have a shoe full of blood, then you can come in. Otherwise get your ass back outside. A shoe full so, of blood. Shoe full of blood. If you're not squishy, get just get back out. <laughs> <laughs> She'd put a Gatorade cooler outside and be like, here you go. Here's some water. Have fun. That's funny. But it was, I mean, childhood was good. They yeah. were, I was, like I said, I was lucky. I have very, very good parents and the neighborhood we grew up in was awesome. So Lots of kids. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, at that in that household, you're there's four of you, right? Growing up, mm-hmm. so you're the yeah. second second to oldest in the house. Yeah. Did you get any like extra responsibilities put on you in that role? <laughs> yes, I did. I learned how to make grilled cheese like a champ. Oh yeah, at a very early age. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, that is a skill so. that will take you through the rest of your life. <laughs> I concur. I concur. <laughs> um, so I got to ask, because I'm projecting my own shit here, but moving to a new place sophomore year mm-hmm. is a lot in my, I, like, I imagine that's a lot. <laughs> it was, it was a little tricky. Um, Clark's, as you can probably remember, was full of all kinds of different people. And there were people at the school that were very welcoming, like like Justin Lamb. Oh, um, oh yes. And then there were some that were not so kind because I did not grow up with them. So, I mean, it was kind of a mixed, mixed feeling sort of thing. Um, and then some of the teachers were really nice and sort of tried to help me integrate into the school. What, did, what, what so. was your social life like before you left? Before I left, before you like left Indiana, Indiana, yeah, um, kind of, kind of typical. I hung out with kids in school and <laughs> played sports and what whatever your, else. What I mean, was your sport it was of good. Choice. Do what? What was your sport of choice? Basketball. Okay. Did you play basketball at Clarkson? Uh, no, I did very, very briefly. Okay. And then I got a job instead. <laughs> So I wanted money more than I wanted basketball. Yeah, you're so, an infamous mall worker. <laughs> yes, the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory. That took over my life. What? Yeah, I mean, other than the the teacher introducing you to people and stuff, what does what does high school look like the rest of the time? Morning announcements every once in a blue. Um, I did youth and government for a little bit. I did the swim team for a little bit. Um, and then I said I worked. Clarkson was, I stayed as busy as possible. Why is that? So, 
just to get through it. What what I mean, what was that what was that padding from though? Like if you slowed down, X would happen. Like what Um I don't know if I ever stopped to think about that. I just didn't want to miss people. Yeah. Um like it was it was definitely an adjustment yeah. moving away. But um the busier I stayed, the easier it got. And then if you went to sense. college in Indiana? No, I went to college at OU. Oh, okay. And then I moved back because there weren't any jobs. Got it. Uh, well, because that, that, yeah, and that, the, since you're there now and then you didn't come here until you were almost 16, I, I just had, I, I was like, oh, I get, could you not wait to get back? <laughs> um, <clears throat> my parents moved back. So that was the big, big pull. But I mean, like I said, I finished school and then I got pregnant with my son. So. I was, and my parents moved back. It was kind of one of those, I guess, a stereotypical, I want to be near my mother when I have my first child kind of thing. So, you know. What did, that's a pretty short period. Did they move to Michigan for work then? Yes, the whole Y2K, the computers are going to crash, all of that. My dad is a computer guy. So oh, okay. we got moved up there for, for that. The so. scariest event in, in recent history, Y2K. Oh my God. <laughs> You know, they're going to look back at our generation with all these chaos things, and they're going to be like, okay, so you had the Y2K, computers are going to crash, and then you had the great toilet paper shortage of 2020. <laughs> I mean, we are just doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> your total, your parents are in Michigan for what, like four years? No, it was seven, six I don't know. Four, four, we'll go four to eight years. How okay. about that? Yeah. So you go to OU, Oakland University, for those from not around here. Um, what is college like? Is it more of the same from high school? Are you trying new things? What does that look like? I mean, it was pretty much the same thing. I Well, let me rephrase. <laughs> the first two years, I was not highly motivated because I went to OCC or Oakland Community College. The first two years, I was not highly motivated, but it was one of those, if you don't go to college, you're not going to be able to do anything. And so I went and my mom sort of put it, we paid to take time off, even though I was there. It was not the finest hour of my life. Yeah. I got distracted. I know um, that life. I, I started then, OCC when I was 18 and I don't think I finished the first semester. <laughs> so. I get it. Um, I probably should have taken a break. I think I was a little burned out at that point. But um, then my mom quit paying for my school and I had to pay for it. And then when it was my own money, I got a little more motivated. So I went ahead and doubled up and finished OCC and then transferred to OU and finished out my bachelor's. So um, got motivated then. Can we talk so about lots of stuff. The, the paying thing for a second? Because I'm curious about that. Did you, are you talking about OCC? You paid for yourself there? No, my mom paid for OCC in the first two years where I paid to take, we paid to take time off for yeah. me because I wasn't going to class like I was supposed to. And then I got to start paying for my own. And so, yes, I paid for OCC up front and then I had to get a bunch of student loans for OU because okay. I was poor from working at the mall. Uh, I think that's everybody, everybody that worked at the mall can say that. Um, yeah. No, I was, I was just curious because that's always interesting to me like I talked to some people that are like yeah I couldn't do that because uh 
like we couldn't afford it. And I was like, what do you mean? Student loans, man. <laughs> That's, yeah. It's always funny to me when people don't take student loans out. Like it's like, it's freaky. How does that happen? <laughs> so you're in, you're student in college, you're, you're at OU now, mm-hmm. you're paying for yourself. What's the living situation like when you're at OU? Are you living with your parents? Um, I was living with my ex-husband at that point. Go on. <laughs> are, uh, are you guys married at, a, at that point? No, okay. not yet. <laughs> no, we were like, one of those. I think we skipped over something. We together for lots of years, and then we finally got married because, you know, that was the right thing to do. Okay. So, um, yeah, we were living together at that point. Do what? Was this a high school relationship? No, we met right after at the mall. Oh, the mall again. Yeah, it's at the mall. If you, if you find yourself in Great Auburn Lakes Hills, Crossing. Michigan, head over to Great Lakes Crossing. The... You can be poor and find a husband. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so you're dating this guy all through OCC and, and OU. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. When do you guys get married? Uh, after we had kids and moved back to Indiana. and. Okay, well, then back up. <laughs> okay, so... You're at OU. Uh, first, can we segue off at OU for a second? And because yeah. I knew you as Missy in high school, mm-hmm. and then your name, but your name is Lynn. Mm-hmm. Where does Missy come from? And well, that's that's a divorce thing. Oh, okay. Um. So my mom wanted to name me Melissa, and my bio dad hated that name, and so he won technically because my name is Lynn. But they got divorced, you know, very early in my life. So my mom started calling me Missy to kind of piss him off. So, and it just sort of stuck. Okay. So my family still calls me Missy, but everyone else calls me Lynn. Got it. Well, yeah, because when we we first started talking, yeah, you were saying like college, it got annoying just constantly like correcting people or when they're taking. Well, it wasn't even that. It was, um, you know, like in high school, if you had to go to the bathroom, you had to raise your hand. If you wanted to talk, you had to raise your hand, you know, mm-hmm. and you get used to doing that. And then when you get to college, they don't care if you want to go to the bathroom. It's like, get up and go, yeah. you know? And they were like, I don't care what you want to be called. Cause you know, the first day of every year of grade school and everything else was, I prefer to be called Missy, yeah. you know? And then in college, they don't care. <laughs> so I just, I got used to being called Lynn. And it just kind of went from there. But like I said, my family still calls me Missy. So what did you graduate with at OU? I double majored in political science and history with an English minor. Well, slow down there. Gosh, that's a, <laughs> you're running for office. That is a, that's quite a double major. Political it science was. by itself I'm, is insane. I always liked history. So those sort of worked out together. Did you have specific like aspirations with, with that? degree um actually I, I wanted i started out wanting to teach okay and then realized that the michigan teaching program was nuts <laughs> and i was like i'm not doing that so then i was like i could be a lobbyist and then i was like no i can't do that so then i was going to go work in the government and then i became a social worker when i came back here because okay. they hired me Fair so you, you became a social worker with that degree Mm-hmm. Got it. Because I changed majors so many times in the beginning, I had a hodgepodge of just all kinds of random classes, and I had enough to qualify to be a social worker here. So it sort of worked out. So you graduate, mm-hmm. you're dating this guy, and how soon after you graduate do you get pregnant? 
Oh, Lord. Um, I mean, it was... I was already pregnant when I went off the stage, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, do you... They're are... 18 months apart. Your kids? Well, the two older ones are, yeah. Okay. And then Evelyn is six. Do you immediately move to Indiana, like, before you have the first one? No. No. James was born in Michigan, and then Reagan was born here. Okay. What's that timeline look like? How does that... How does that work? Tell me about your life. <laughs> I feel like I need a giant chart for this. Well, so so you uh, graduate, you're pregnant, you have your first kid. I walk across the stage, yeah. the giant belly. Um, that was nice. And you don't get married until Indiana? No, we got here. I mean, like I said, both kids were born. We had bought a house. And so we got married. Oh, dear Lord. Was in 08. Was that like a point of contention at all in the relationship? Like, no, it just you keep knocking me up. We didn't get around to it. (laughs) Okay. Just and his family was like, "Are you guys going to get married at some point?" And they were like, "Yeah, we probably should." (laughs) Teach their own. Um, Okay, so I mean, I and I don't want to like pry into your deep relationship secrets or anything. (laughs) Just. I'm just curious, like what that what that looks like, because you're, I mean, you're young, you're having kids. I'm, what, how does I that mean, it was just affect your busy? It was yeah. just very, very, very busy. Um, like I said, I was do, I worked for the Department of Child Services, and I had lots of small kids, and but I mean, I was lucky. I had a really good support system. Like my mom helped me quite a bit when they were younger, um, and then they ended up going to daycare after Reagan was two, maybe even younger. Oh, James was. I don't know. It was so long ago. Um, like I said, they were, they were with my mom right in the beginning. I didn't have to worry about that. So that was really nice. Um, like I said, they did daycare preschool. Then they were in school. And James will be 17 on Monday. So time is sort of skyrocketed. Yeah. And what's so. that look like? Because um, I'm assuming your your ex lived in, or was like from Michigan. Is that? Mm-hmm. So he was from like. Michigan. Why? Uh, why? change support systems from like his family to yours in Indiana and move to Indiana. What was the decision there? Well, I mean, I told him when we first started dating that I would be back in Indiana. I mean, I definitely gave him that little heads up. Yeah. So it wasn't really a shock when I was like, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. Um, and then we picked up and moved. And like I said, I mean, he had, he had his family, but he wasn't, he wasn't nearly as close to his family as I am with mine. Yeah. So. I can relate to that. That's, that's welcome to my life. Um, <laughs> yeah, my Erica is very family oriented, and I'm like, I can I can take him or leave him. <laughs> depends on the day. Um, <laughs> such is life. You guys, I have great news. Everybody is drinking less. Seriously, it's trending downwards, but you know what's trending upwards? Non-alcoholic beer. Non-alcoholic beer sales have grown 30% year over year because people are drinking less alcohol. So what do you want to put in there? What do you want to mix in with your normal drinks? Maybe you want to switch it up, right? You want to have a normal beer, you want to have a non-alcoholic beer. You want a normal beer or non-alcoholic beer. That's, That's a great pattern. That's a great way to start. And you know where you can start doing that? Well-Being Brewing. Well-Being Brewing is out of St. Louis, and they have some damn tasty beers. I'm a big fan of their Intentional IPA. You've heard me talk about it before. It's got the 16-ounce can. It's full of hop flavor. 
But man, they have a dark amber that's really, really tasty. Hellraiser dark amber. They have the the golden wheat ale. They have so many different beers and all of them are delightful and easy to interchange if you're looking to just switch it up so you're not drinking as much or if you want to quit drinking altogether, they are your place to go. You can go to wellbeingbrewing.com slash friend request and save 10% on me, guys. I got this for you. And if you don't remember that web address, just go to wellbeingbrewing.com and use the code friend request when you check out. There's a lot of ways to do it. Either way, you're going to save yourself 10% and you're going to save yourself a freaking hangover. So go get it done. Love that beer. Love that brewery. Love you guys. That's why I want to save you that 10%. Wellbeingbrewing.com slash friend request. Back to the show. So I'm, I'm curious. You said you worked at uh, Department of Child Services. Is that like CPS type deal? Mm-hmm. Or what is yep. it like working there? and having young children because i imagine in my mind that's it like i'm creating anxiety for myself because everybody is horrible <laughs> like what does that look no, like no everything's not horrible um actually it made me feel really lucky just because like i said i had the support system where a lot of people don't yeah um like one of the things that i had when i was working with the families was we tried to get them to talk about their support system so it's like okay if you broke down the side of the road who would you break out your phone and call and some people just literally had no one. So like I said, it made me feel lucky. Yeah, um, sure. But I actually enjoyed that job quite a bit. I loved working with most of the families. Yeah, so, what, what did you do there? Um, I would go do removals if necessary. Um, yeah. But most of the time it was working with the families after they got involved with CPS and setting them up with services, um, getting them whatever help we could. Um, and trying to get kids back with their parents was the big goal. That's wild. Yeah, I, I've I've interviewed someone that did that where they'd have to oh. like, and they did it. I think over in like Muskegon, and mm-hmm. just like some scary stories as like a woman that has to go to a house and be like, "Hi, I'm going to take your kids." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's. It's, I, I mean, like I'm in Indianapolis, so it, we're in um, the big city, so there's. There's a lot of fun that goes involved with big cities. Like the stories are kind of creative. Like they get more creative the more rural it gets. Yeah. Um, like there was one that we went out in the middle of the country and the woman tried to like bake her infant to bake the demons out of him. Oh my God. Right. So that was a little scarier than go say to like a type of a ghetto area. I'll take ghetto area over crazy rural any day. That's that's insane. Um it is insane. That's the mental insane. health yeah. world is it's interesting. Yeah. So to say the least that's as you well going know. into it. Yeah. Um well shit. So you're doing Where that. do we go from there? I guess oh, interview over. Um you're doing that. <laughs> you have two kids. Mm-hmm. Um you guys buy a house. What's yep. the what's the final tick that it's like okay i guess we're getting married now is it just like an inevitability at it, point? it wasn't even like an in-depth conversation it was more just a your parents keep giving you crap about the fact that we're not married so i was like well let's just get around and do it and we did i mean there it wasn't like oh yay he proposed it wasn't like that it was just hey we probably should do that now check that off the list and, yeah and go how long are you married for till 
2011, so not long. We were together much longer before we got married. So, what does that look like? Like, how, that was actually the most civil, probably the most civil divorce there ever was. It didn't get ugly until probably a year after the divorce. Like, we actually went to the courthouse and filed the papers on Valentine's Day together. And the I'm clerk really was hilarious because she's like, do we need to pay for sheriff service to serve him? I'm like, no, he's right here. And then we went and got a drink afterwards. So, I mean, it literally was like the most civil thing on the planet. And then a year later, we both had met people and it went very quickly downhill. And then we had this nice custody battle and it got, that's where the ugliness came in. Did he stay in Indiana? But the divorce was actually quite civil. Yes, he's here. He's okay. still here. I wasn't sure if he would want to move back to Michigan. Or, no. Um, okay. Indiana, just you in. What is it like? And obviously, any of these questions, feel free to be like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. But what, what is it like <laughs> to be in a custody battle? <laughs> like, it is a freaking nightmare, um, a very expensive nightmare. Um, and it's just. I don't know how to explain it. Like the, you wake up with a pit in your stomach and if your phone goes off because you have a text message, it's like, Oh dear Jesus, what now? Yeah. And then you have to be guarded. You have to watch what you're saying. I mean, it, it's just, it's ugly. So if anybody actually listens to this for the love of Pete, be civil and try and work it out without a court. Yeah. It will well, save it, your wallet. Which, and your also. That's got, in, in all the instances where we should, be mindful i suppose of what we're saying or writing or whatever mm -hmm. it's got to be the most difficult thing when your kids are involved because like that's you're gonna have an emotional attachment to that conversation whatever that conversation is and so it's got to be yeah. just a whole other level of of that and then i i mean I project like the most negative shit on there possible because i'm like i'm a child of divorce so let me assume the worst um Yes. But it's, you know, like at some point, some party sometimes I, I, I assume is like treating the children as like a commodity instead of uh, concern for like their well-being or assuming that they can do, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like it just gets real muddy and real. Uh, it takes like one conversation and it can kill whatever piece that you have. Um, and then you're right. It, it's, it's highly emotional because it is your kids. And if someone says that you're not taking care of them, I mean, I don't know about fathers, but mothers, it's like that instinct comes out and you just want to rip someone's head off, but you can't because you have to be a grown up and yeah. so what be is, a responsible parent. Yeah. What does custody end up as once it's all said and done? Um, the, it was about four years of a back and forth, um, where, Reagan stays with me and James goes to his dad and then we switch every every other weekend they would do that and then like holidays they get divided I mean like the kids are together so um jeez so they yeah the kids essentially get he had a lot of had a lot of issues at school and the judge was basically thinking that he's never going to make it through the district we have a very very tough district and a very they don't have tolerance for anything so he got in a lot of trouble. Like he got in trouble for tipping his chair. He got in trouble for tapping his pencil. I mean, what? he said orgasm instead of organism when he was reading out loud and got suspended. I mean, 
it was just so many things, so many things, but he ended up going there. They're a little bit more lenient where he is. So, but it is what it is. Yeah. So is that how, I mean, is that still the case where they're Mm -hmm. separated like that? Yes. How do the, I mean, I don't want to branch like your kids. I don't want to branch your kids, but like, how's that been, I guess, in your role as their mother, like seeing that separation between them? It's, I mean, it's difficult, but like they bicker a lot. If they're getting along, I get a little scared. Yeah. I'm like, what are you plotting? What are you doing? <laughs> um, so, I mean, they've got a little bit of space from each other. Um, but I mean, they, they, they do see each other. We still go to James's events if he's got sports or if he's got whatever, we still go to it. I mean, and like I said, he's here quite a bit. And Stephen, I, my ex-husband, we're in a good place at this point. So we've been doing a lot of working together, which makes it a lot easier. Um, whereas like if the kids want to stay here, instead of doing like the regular scheduled weekends, we've been both very flexible with that. Yeah. So like he gets to spend a ton of time here. I mean, if he wants to spend a good chunk of the summer, he can spend it here if he doesn't. I mean, so it's, we still see, we still see him a lot. And if Reagan wants to spend extra time there, she can. And then so, your youngest is. Evelyn. And she's with, she, who's her father is, is who I met or no. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, James, that is my husband. Yeah. I'm curious what your thoughts are. <laughs> like when you, on... when you reflect back on like your own childhood and your family dynamic mm-hmm. and like now you're kind of part of a similar dynamic, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Have you like, Probably. have you thought about that? What comes up when you think about that? Um, I should have listened to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll take this out in case she hears that. <laughs> no, it's uh, fine. I've I've already just, said that now to her. Yeah. Are there uh, like is it hard do you is it like is it what it is? Like, have you you just accept it and move on sort of situation or I kind of had to. Yeah. I had to get okay with it. Um like I said, the the custody, we'll call it the custody years were awful. Um, the stress, it, I had to practice that whole like things that are out of my control, letting them go. Yeah. Um, the mantra was, if this isn't going to matter in ten years, just let it go. Um, that was probably the hardest part of all of this was learning that I couldn't control everything. And learning to let things go. So, like I said, I, I think I think right now we're in a pretty good good spot where I've just it is what it is, and I make the best of what I can. Yeah, and I still get pissed every once in a while. As well, but... you should. Are you uh, <laughs> are you dating your now husband when you're going through all this custody crap? Yes, yes, that's kind of what sparked the custody battle. So I, I imagine that that you've. In that you probably had some sort of upper hand with your, like, past experience in CPS, your husband, your future husband in law enforcement. <laughs> you would think, but no, no, I got a very angry judge who had just gone through a custody battle. Oh, that's not fair at all. Himself, and it did not. It seemed like there might have been a slight bias. Yeah. Um, he also had no idea about ADHD. Um, like on the record, he said something to the effect of, well, I don't know why your son can 
sit there and play video games for hours, but he can't sit and do his homework. And I'm like, do you know anything about ADHD for the love of Pete? Um, we had a court appointed psychologist go in and basically like say you're nuts if you're going to place him with dad. Like there's just no benefit to that. It's going to be detrimental to him kind of thing. And the court was like, eh, it's fine. Whatever. Cool. Whatever. So you would think that there would have been an upper hand, but no, no. Well, let's let's shift the focus. Uh, what's good? Plan. Tell me about tell me about meeting meeting James. That is what I like to call the porch story. Oh, please um, go on. So my two really good girlfriends, Lizzie and Steph, we all were pretty much at that point. Where we we're like, we are done dating. This is dumb. <laughs> we, this is just ridiculous. I it was not going well. Yeah. Um, so we're sitting in my apartment porch. <clears throat> patio, whatever you want to call it. We're sitting there drinking adult beverages, making silly comments, you know? And so the scrub song, it just keeps coming back to the scrub song, <laughs> the TLC scrub song. Um, we were sitting there and these 20 some year old boys were driving by and they started yelling at us. And it was kind of like, are you serious? And that's what I kept thinking about was the scrub song. I'm like, this is, this should be in the video. And so they go, and then five minutes later, my husband pulls up, and he's in an unmarked car. And I was like, are you serious? What kind of place did I move into? I'm like, what the hell? So he gets out, and he's like, I just want to introduce myself. And I think at some point I might have threatened to tackle him, and he threatened to lock me in a trunk, and then I got a date. So that's how we met. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Did he? So he lived there and was introducing himself, or he was intervening? As he was an the officer? courtesy officer. They gave him a free apartment for being the courtesy officer Got for it. the apartment. Nice. So he had just gotten divorced, so he was starting over too. And he was like, "Hey, three women drinking on a porch. How you? What doing? could go wrong with this?" <laughs> <laughs> he swears that was not his intention. Yeah, but I'm not believing it. <laughs> to each their own. Um, so you guys meet, you start dating and then how long mm -hmm. until you guys get married? Um, we moved in together maybe after a year, so two years in we got married. Okay. Were you, so were you like excited to get back into a relationship, even though like on the porch you're swearing yeah. men off? <laughs> I was not expecting for that to happen. Yeah. So it was kind of a pleasant surprise, I suppose. And does he have kids from his? Yes, he's got two from his first marriage. Okay, they're older. So you're you're back in a you're now the matriarchal role of what six kids almost right or is it six? Five? Uh, well, between he's got two, so he has two, I have two, and we have one together. Yeah. So five yeah. total. And did then, you see that? I did math. Yeah, and you guys are <laughs> gonna start your own sitcom, and I'm excited to watch it. <laughs> Um, you know, my life probably could be one. I could probably squeeze out three seasons of craziness. <laughs> Maybe. Three seasons of craziness. There's the title. Um, That's the title. What's, uh, how old are his kids? Uh, Savannah and Alicia are both in their 20s now. Oh, okay. Savannah's in her, or she's in Texas being an interior designer, and Alicia is here. Okay. So they're they're already, like, getting... Out of high school yeah, they were yeah they were in their late teens when he and i met so gotcha. okay so, there was no evil step monster role for me to play <laughs> um 
And what are you doing in the background of all this? Are you like for work and for fun and? Well, when I had Evelyn, I ended up staying home for two years okay. because it was cheaper for me to stay home and him to work than it was for me to pay for daycare for Evelyn. Yeah. So we stayed home for, I stayed home for two years and went back to school and got my paralegal certificate. So I switched over into the legal world. Was that just for work re- logistics reasons? Like why, why that? Yeah. Okay. I just thought it was interesting. Um, I've always been a fan of the legal world. I mean, I think it's just kind of fascinating. It kind of goes with history. Yeah. But um, a good part of it was because of the custody battle wars. It's just I didn't want anyone else to go through what I did. And if I can help with that, then I will. Is that an area so, that you're like working and specializing in now? No. Okay. <laughs> I learned very quickly I did not want to do that area okay. of law. Family law is a nightmare. Yeah. Um, no, most of the, what I do is state administration which has a lot of that requires my social work skills because people get nuts when there's dead people and money so families go crazy um so that and we do a little bit of municipal law but most of it's a state administration and like a state planning so money is uh i've i've seen that like both within my family and in others Mm -hmm. like someone dies and all of a sudden siblings and parents yeah and then nobody talks to each other anymore they're like i can't believe you got a thousand dollars and i didn't get it like over the stupidest shit um i know like it's it's rare i feel like it's and you can speak to this more than i can but i feel like it's rarely ever like a million dollars it's always like 10 grand and joey got nine of it and like no one talks to joey anymore (laughs) like it's like Jesus you know what? Christ. When someone's in like the millions of dollars, people don't seem to complain as much when they get that money. <laughs> but you're right. When there's only like fifty thousand dollars to split between like six kids, it gets kind of icky. Yeah, for what? People get crazy. Jeez. I don't know. It's nuts. Yeah. But that's okay. Um. <laughs> so I, I'm also curious about. I, I don't know if you call it passion projects or or like. My hobbies. Just, yeah, like, what What are you passionate about? What do you do with your with your limited free time? How do you spend it? Well, I sew. I like to quilt. Um, gardening is a big thing for me. Um, the hubby and I like to go find different wineries, different breweries. Like, whenever we get to do a date night, that's usually what we'll do, or we play pool. So that's fun. those are our big things. Is quilting a direct, like, from your mother or, or is that something you just pursued on your own? Well, it's from my mom and my mom's best friend. Um, my mom's best friend, Carolyn had a quilt shop in Canterbury village for oh, a long fun. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So she actually is the one who she's, she and my mom both taught me, but I spent a lot of time with Carolyn after my mom moved. Um, so she kind of was my faux mom, yeah. but she taught me how to do that. And that's been kind of a godsend after everything. Like it's my stress. I lose myself in what I'm doing and when I'm sewing and it's, that's my coping mechanism. I was going to ask, and I don't know if that's the, I don't know if sewing's the answer, but um, when I hear about all this, like there's, there's makings and trappings of someone being like, I don't know, a pessimistic dickhead for lack of a better term. And you're not that. So I guess like, where do you, where do you think it comes from that you 
you kind of have this sense of humor and you're this positivity uh, when you've kind of gone through a bunch of shit over like since 16. <laughs> um, it's that control thing. That's something I get to control. That's in my hands. That's if fair. I could be a negative jackass, yeah. um, but what's the point? There's no reason to, that just makes my work, my life quality worse. I mean, things are the way that they are and you just keep moving forward. Like that was my, my grandpa's, my grandpa, my grandpa's mantra was you just keep moving forward and you make the best of it. And we'll channel the Papa pipe. That was his, that's what my kids always called him. Is this, uh, I'm thinking in extremes, but I, I, when I hear like, keep moving forward and, you know, like find the positive and anything like that, I, I think like, okay, is this a, work through your shit and move forward or is it like throw it in the background and just keep marching well i used to throw it in the background (laughs) and that didn't work out very well so uh no it's it's uh you gotta work through it i did a i did a lot of counseling and that was very helpful that's good i encourage that's where all that control talk goes from (laughs) that's where what that's where all the, the control stuff comes from, yeah. was being able to let go of control. But this control is such a huge theme uh, in people's yeah. stories and like the source of much stress. <laughs> Look at the last yes. like six years, right? The shit that we can't control is the stuff people get the most upset about. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's why I don't watch the news anymore, people. Um, I don't either. <laughs> I do read every once in a while just because I can't stop myself, but yeah. no, I don't watch the news anymore. There's no point. Yeah. It just, it's all negative. It's so negative. Yeah. Like I have enough negative crap. I don't need to watch it. Yeah. It's what I have Netflix for. I find myself constantly angry about stuff that I had zero control over. And uh, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to stop wasting my energy that way. And I've been yes. much happier. Um, well, I mean, we're kind of current. What's is there? Are you surprised by anything? Is there something I didn't mention that you wanted to talk about? I was surprised you wanted to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> Nonsense. <clears throat> I feel like I'm halfway boring, except for when I talk about my insane family, <laughs> the Jerry Springer. I don't think you're boring at all. Um, I've yet to find a boring person. Everyone says that when I reach out to anybody, they're always like, I don't have anything to say or I'm boring. Or I, I once screenshotted a bunch of those responses and made a post about it. Cause it's, there's so many and it's, I've yet to find it. Um, cause every, every story is like unique. I'm actually, I'm writing a book right now on, Are you? on, uh, like the stuff that I learned from interviewing people and, yeah, I've yet to, I've yet to find the the boring person. I've yet to sit here, talk to someone, and just be like, <laughs> "That's that's not happened." So, I'll keep gotcha. you updated, and hopefully it doesn't, because that'll really ruin my dreams of being a therapist. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think you're gonna do. I'm sure I'm gonna have people where I'm gonna be like, "Oh, they're just telling me the same story over and over and over again," but. Yeah. The first time I hear it will be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that I mean, that's all I got then. Stop staring at me. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. 
Oh my god. Okay. All right. I'm gonna let you go. You know, you. murder your children. Um, I'll talk to you later. Thank you All so right. much for doing this. No problem. Right. See you. When I have lots in common, my request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Lynn Birding. Birdine? Should I have figured that out ahead of time? Yes. Yes, I should have. Um, I, I, was, I was glad to catch up with Lynn, and I can't even imagine that family dynamic. There's so much going on there. I would uh, also feel very much, I would feel so much pressure around the holidays, and maybe it's because I'm, you know, this is coming out, what, the day after Christmas, so maybe I would just feel this pressure to, like, I need to get everybody gifts. Um but that could just be me, me and my people pleasing. Damn it! Um, but yeah, uh, Christmas is officially over. This is the last episode of the of the year. I have some announcements. Bing, 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 bing. Announcements. Announcements. First announcement: starting next year, which is a week from today, less than a week from today, a week from today. Either way, we're going back to weekly episodes, people. I don't care how busy I am. <laughs> I miss having weekly episodes. Um, secondly, January is for a lot of people dry January. And I had a few interviews stacked up of sober people. So I decided all, all the interviews in January are kind of themed in a way. Uh, everyone I'm interviewing in January is sober. That's not their identity. And in some of the interviews, we barely touch on it at all. But it's just, you know, there for a little inspiration. If you're going through dry January and you're like, I'm not going to drink for 31 days. Um, here's a little extra support for you. You can always reach out to me too. Justin's friend request at gmail.com or follow us on social at friend request pod. I, I think that's it. Head over to patreon.com slash friend request pod. You can support the show there. It's only about a dollar a month and helps us pay for our hosting fees and microphones and headphones and blah, blah, blah. Am I right? Good. <laughs> All right. If you're still listening to this, thank you. And I will talk to you guys next week. I love you so much. Bye-bye.